Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Call me a macchiato. That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere tolerated. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially the women. It's always just whole essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose.
know that. I believe in that. I believe it works. And, and, and it's, it's, a, look, it's a great team sport. How about that? I, I agree. I mean, so far, so good. You know, I, I, I agree. I don't have any problems with it. I mean, our biggest fight, like, and it wasn't even a real fight, was the house that we're looking to buy, you know. And it's just like she wants, you know, a million-dollar house, and I, I'm trying to stick around, you know, 100000 maybe, you know, somewhere within budget, you know, maybe 200000 And, you know, she wants a, a mansion. I, I get it. But that's just not where we're going right now. Like, this, that's not where we are at all, not even a little bit. And um, I think she's coming around. So, hey, crisis averted. Well, if there are any realtors out there, loan officers, you hear these in the market, they're, they're buying a home, so we'll reach out to them. There you go. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. Okay. There we go. Keep the money in the family. So, let, let me ask you this. Right Now, you you always say this, and, I mean, most of the time you're right. What are we uh what 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 are we doing today? I, I last time you told me you said that we were gonna bring back somebody that I really like, you know, one of my good buddies. So what what are we talking about today? Who do we have with us today? So B, I, I I thought that um you know, we on our agenda we wanted to continue a conversation uh that we had some time ago. A few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, where we talked about policing the black community. Uh, the show mm-hmm. was designed to be a three so because, you know, we just can't get it all in. And, you know, so we need to talk about it in chunks. And, and it is our response on it, elaborate on it, and uh, pick it up from there. So we're going to pick up. Policing the Black Community Part 2 today. And where we left off last time is we talked about the history of police. You know, we talked about where that whole concept came from. Where did police come from? Whose idea was this? And, and, and how was it supposed to work? So if you didn't hear that, go back to um, the website, talk about it, and check that out. It, it, it's there. And so we're going to pick it up today going into how you respond when you come in contact with a police officer. Now, we've all have had that experience. So if you've been pulled over, whether you've called them out to the house, was it message down this incident? But so many people are leaving interactions with officers in bad situations. Some of them don't leave. You know, we're losing black men to that. We know that they're getting pulled over, that they're, they're getting shot, they're getting killed, things are happening. And, and from the bottom of my heart, I really care and I want to share information that can help people walk away from their situation alive, for one. You know, walk away alive without our people continually getting hurt. So what we're doing is we're, we have a police officer. Um, actually, he's been in law enforcement for over 20 years. And let me tell you a little bit about, about this guy. His name is Tara Tolliman. He's originally from New York. That's why Brandon's so excited. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He's originally from New York. Uh, he is a veteran, so he has been in the military. He does have arms experience. He teaches, you know, um, what does he teach? Uh, he teaches rifle training. You know, he's an armed, um, certified armed person, and he teaches, um, I can't think of the name of, of the actual class that he gives. But it helps right, fire, firearms instruction. Mm-hmm. Firearm instructor, 
simple. I tried to make it complicated. I was just about to say, like, that was you overcomplicating it, baby. Yeah, and, and he, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good at what he does. He's a leader, and he's back in the cafe with us today. So let's welcome back to the show, Taurus Holloman, Commander Holloman, that is. Welcome to the cafe. Thank yes. you for joining us today. Yes. Oh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I appreciate you guys doing great work in our community. And my main man, congratulations on your wedding. Uh, congratulations, yeah. my advice to you. And sure, yeah, absolutely, most proud. Uh, my advice, uh, I've been married three times. <laughs> so my advice yeah, to you, make sure that, yeah, that's exactly, exactly. Uh, my advice to you, make sure your partner, your beautiful wife, that you guys are and remain best friends. And marriage is like running a business. Uh, it's just that trust and loyalty, and it's a partnership, like you stated earlier. So once again, congratulations. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. I mean, that's from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate that. Yes, sir. So, yeah, y'all ready to dive in? Let's just jump right into it. I like where your energy is at. Um, so not for nothing, everybody, uh, the, the, commander, the good commander here just got finished running a, a 5K, so... Um, he's and he's in the cafe with us, so he's excited. We're excited. He did that uh, with the Atlanta PD. But um, speaking of Atlanta PD, I, I gotta I gotta just flat out ask a question. I mean, protocol wise, what's the protocol? Well, you know what? Not even protocol. What should I do if I get stopped? So I just bought a new car. I have a nice car, um, and it can be a cop magnet. So what should I do when I get stopped by the police? Let's just jump right into it. And, and in a perfect world, what should happen? Right. So um, when you say a cop magnet, so basically, you know, whenever you get pulled over, anybody get pulled over from the police, you know, we've got to have probable cause to pull you over or reasonable mm-hmm. suspicious. Um, you know, there's a violation that was administered, you know, regarding the pull-over to justify the pull-over, so to speak. For example, broken tail light, the lights and play light may be out, and we're talking about little things such as that. So anything that's going to attract attention to the police officer to pull you over, they have the authority to pull you over. You know, even if you go one mile power over this posted speed limit, um, maybe your window mm-hmm. tent is too dark, all right? So, and that's the justification for the pullover. And so when you get pulled over, what we need to do as a general public, even myself, you know, because I'm part of the general public as well, uh, you want to just cooperate. Uh, you pull over. Uh, pull over to a lighted area if you're in a dark road or something like that, and uh, put your flashes on. You want to draw attention to yourself along with the other drivers that's passing by. And when you encounter, when the police officer pull you over, and you'll notice they're going to sit behind you for a while, right? And you probably think, right. right, what's taking so long? And what they're doing, they're running your tags because we need to know exactly who's operating that vehicle. One, to see mm-hmm. if the vehicle is stolen. Two, to see if any warrants out on that vehicle or even a person who owns that particular vehicle because law enforcement is all about officer safety first, right? And so right. once we run the tag to our dispatch, it comes back um, clear or warrant or whatever the status of that vehicle, then the officer will make his or her approach. Upon approach, we make sure we have our defense up really high because we don't know who's in the vehicle, how many occupants, who may be hiding in the trunk, Right. Um, so because we right. have to, you know, combat against element surprise, right? And right, so that's right. why the officer would stand bladed to you where you really can't see them. They put the spotlight on you so that way you really can't see them coming up as far as your approach. So all that's part of taxes for safety. Now we're going to ask for 
your driver license, right? And so you just want to, the initial contact is key because we can make the stop and have no intention on giving you a citation. Maybe it may just be a warning, but it's the attitude that we have to manage, and that's the emotional intelligence. So if you automatically start, you know, arguing with the officer, contesting why you stopped me, I ain't doing anything wrong, all that in itself escalates the situation. Our number one goal is control and de-escalate the situation that we encounter. So if you conduct yourself in a professional and courteous manner, it's going to have a good outcome. And like I like this way Soy said it earlier, walk away alive, right? Keep your hands where the officer can see you. Even if you have a weapon in the car, you have the right to have a weapon in the car because the Second Amendment allows us to have weapons, you know, and the car is an extension of your house. You allow them to bear arms in your house, and your automobile is an extension of your house. So you're allowed to have a weapon. And if you do so happen to have a weapon, politely tell the officer, officer, you know, I just want to let you know I have a weapon. It's on my person or it's in my glove compartment, wherever that's at. And they're going to say, okay, well, just keep your hands so I can see you. Everything's okay. The reason why I stop you is X, Y, Z. All right? So right. attitude is most important. So, so let me ask you, I mean, I, I'm sorry, so I, I just got to jump in with this. So attitude is the most important part. I definitely agree with you. What happens when the officer has the attitude? I mean, does pride as a human being come in at any, any point? And I get it, like what Soy said, walk away alive first. But, I mean, sometimes, like, I hear officers say, hey, officer, what's, what's going on? Shut up, you know. And I've seen videos, I mean, we all have, of, of officers being incredibly rude, and it looks like they're inciting a problem. So I just want to know, like, if that's the case, I mean, I get it. You know, the, mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence, you know, remove, you know, get out your feelings and just handle the situation there. But there's no repercussions for them, and it's life and death for us. Right. And so um, I concur and I disagree to a degree. And here's the deal. If you mm-hmm. unfortunately come in contact with that particular officer, which there are a certain percentage of officers that show a level of disrespect to the community, right, they're, they're out there. Uh, they're in all professions. So when that happens, hopefully it won't, but if it happens, then you don't fight the battle by trying to contest with, you know, that particular officer with anger and impatience. So we have to flip it, flip the script. Just like I said, we like control and, and uh, cooperation and courteous, mm-hmm. then you still try to talk that officer down with de-escalation techniques as for the verbal skills on yourself, on your own behalf. So, officer, I'm not yelling at you. I'm trying to cooperate. Um, I understand why you're upset, but, you know, I understand. I just want to cooperate you and do what's necessary so we can uh, handle the situation correctly. So that, not, and that in itself eventually would calm that officer down, right? And so that's the right. best strategy. You remain calm even if they're on 10. And eventually they're going to start de-escalating. But if you get on 10 back with them, now we have a situation that's not going to be favorable for both parties. It's going to escalate, right? Somebody's going to get locked up. Somebody's going to get hurt. And at the last resort, unfortunately, somebody even may be in a position where they lose their life. And so and then you counter. And so, like, I like, yeah, one quick point to that. And then you feel disrespected, you know, from the officer's demeanor, professionalism, lack thereof then you just get the officer's badge number and his or her name, and then you fight that battle by writing a formal complaint to their agency. You know, they hire us, and I guarantee you 
that situation is going to be investigated by internal affairs. They have to because all complaints have to be investigated. You know what I mean? And right. so that way, right. in the future, that officer is going to be checked on that, and they're going to investigate it to see if, one, it was actually factual as for as a complaint. It may be sustained, unsustained, justifiable, and so forth. So you fight that battle with the pen. The pen is always mightier than the sword. And then you walk away with your life at the same time. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you know best. So what were you saying? I like how he, you know, went through the whole what should happen. In a perfect world, yes, that's what should happen. You know, we, we get a ticket. Sometimes, you know, you get let go. But you get a ticket and you off on to whatever your next thing is for the day. But we know that it doesn't happen that way. And I have actually been, been pulled over by police officers who have been really nasty, you know, for no reason. I would like for you to tell us, if you could, what, what right does the driver have in that moment that we can speak to? You, you mentioned that how we could say things to try to be a great officer. You know, I'm, I'm trying to cooperate. I don't know why you're upset. You know, I don't know why you're talking to me this way. And as we know, we, we've seen video where certain drivers have exhibited that same type of behavior from what we can see. So what right does the driver have in that moment? Do we not have any rights and we have to submit everything? Or what, what rights do we have? Yeah. So you're always going to have rights because you're protected by the Constitution as far as your civil rights, right? So, but in that situation of that particular moment, you once again, you don't want to escalate the situation by you becoming upset, by not being in control of your emotional awareness. And so the rights that you have, as I stated before, if you feel like it was done unjustly, then you take it to and file a formal complaint. And if you don't agree with the citation that you receive. You fight that in court. You contest that. That's why we have a court system. That's why you have a judge. The judge is going to hear both sides, right? And so then the judge will make that determination if that citation was warranted or not, and they throw it out of court. So that's how you fight that battle. But you don't fight it by going up and contesting the officer because the officer in itself is still in control of the situation. They have an up and advantage. They have an advantage because they can, one, um, make the determination to write you one charge for that citation or think of other charges and match you out by giving you additional charges to the reason why they pulled you over. Or even if it escalates, escalates to the situation where you cross that line where it's an arrestable offense, now you could be locked up for that. So it, it's not worth it, and they're always going to have somewhat of the advantage at that time in the midst of the situation, so you have to be really smart about it and not get sucked in because maybe they want and look want you to do something to escalate so they can use use of force or even take you to jail, okay? So you have to be smart in that and, 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 and play the position as for de-escalation so that way you won't escalate and wind up in a position that you don't want to wind up in. Mm. So we talk about time. We talk about money. We talk about, you know, possible possibility of injury sustained, emotional, um, you know, situational concerns. So it's a whole lot of facets that go in with that when people escalate situations. And I'm not just starting with the police officer. It's just both parties because if at the beginning of the day, end of the day, we're all humans. We all have emotions, right? And so we all have triggers. And so who's going to trigger my trigger today, right? And so we have to be mindful of that and be able to manage both personnel when you encounter not just police officers, anybody, people at your job. 
your parents, your wives, anybody, it all goes into the same category as far as managing people based on their emotions. And, and you look back, you look at, I think about in, the, in elementary school, we go to the school, we do programs with them, right? The kids mm-hmm. love us. They run up to us, hug our legs, they don't want to let go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> for some reason or another, when they get to middle school, there's a transition. They hate the police, you know, and there's no cooperation from middle school on up, up into adulthood. Why is that? The reason why, because kids are taught to hate police. There's, there's, there's a, there's, for some reason, there's a, a divided line when they get to a certain age and, they, and they're taught to hate the police. Where do they get that from? They get that from their friends. They get it from the parents, possibly. Um, they get it from the environment, the culture, based on what they see on TV. Because what you don't see on TV, like the videos that you describe, is just a snip. But they don't show you the entire interaction with the law enforcement, what happened from the beginning to the, to the position where it escalated and the results of the escalation. They're going to show you that part based on what sells and create viewers for the audience that they want them to see. And that's why when we do investigation, we have to look at the totality of the situation to see if it, to see if it was justified based on the officer's action in that situation. And that's why sometimes you know, it's confusing and it's unclear why officers get clear when people lose their lives or people get injured, but it's the totality of what happened from beginning to the end. And immediately the okay, news, I'm going to tell you the whole story. We, we only have just a little bit of time before we have to close out the show. We need to transition into something else about policing. But I just want to say that we, we all know that there is injustice in the law. We, we all know that. We all know that. And we can be on this show all day long naming incidents how black men were treated unfairly. We know that. We know that there are racist cops out there. There are mean people. I mean, even lawyers, uh, attorneys, judges. We know that there are the damn president of the United States, you know. We know that there are racist people out there. However, what we're trying to do today is shed some light on how to walk away from that situation in a better place. Noted. Right. Okay. 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 Now, that, now that's so, so I, I like how you mentioned it, you know, trying to de-escalate it, taking things to the officers, to let them know that you're calm. Why is he upset? We get that. Emotional intelligence is high-ranking. Um, try to control that. But let's, let's, let's talk about, um, for the last few minutes we have, the high schoolers and the middle-aged kids. I've had an opportunity to see these kids, and I want to say this to the parents, because you mentioned emotional intelligence and controlling your emotions. These kids are out of control at home. You know, they're out of control right. at home. They're running home. They don't listen to uh, authority. I have been on the metro or public transportation, or and I've seen kids be mean to elderly people that's riding the train system, you know, um, uh, cursing at them for no reason, you know, just loud, ignorant behavior. So I think that some of the control starts with the parents. So if you are listening or watching the show and you have one of these kids we're talking about, I think you need to invest more discipline, more time, and more love into managing your child's behavior so that the world does not have to. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, I, and we all kind of like 
from the same age group, and we was uh, raised differently from the society today. One, they took prayer out of school, you know, first and foremost, right? Mm-hmm. Things begin to change. Then the government started controlling how we should raise our kids uh, as for corporate punishment. Uh, they did away mm-hmm. with that. So kids can call the cops on you, and then the parents is in the wrong. The parents then the opportunity of being arrested, right? So the right. kids do not have nothing to fear nowadays. There is nothing to fear. When we grew up, what, what controlled us? Fear. Fear we get our butt wet when we go home if we did something wrong, brought home bad grades, or disrespect anybody of authority. And so right now there is no fear factor. They don't fear anyone. That's definitely authority. So that's why these kids we encounter, they're always challenging. They're ready to fight. They curse you out. They're disrespectful because at the beginning, end of the day, once again, the only thing, when you strip me naked, the only thing I have is my dignity and self-respect. And when you start tapping into that, I become a different person. I have to defend that. And so that's why we have these situations that escalate to anywhere from injuries to death because that's all we have left. We all want our dignity. We all want to be respected. And when somebody crosses that line, we take it to a whole nother level. And so that's why we have to manage and control. And I go back to law enforcement. There is a thin blue line, us versus them. The them is society and the public. We already know that the public is against us. The public already know perception-wise that the police are against them. So we have to erase that blue line and try to come together and serve the community for why we need to serve it as for everyone want to feel safe and secure. You know what I mean? It's about relationships and having so, so, engagement and speaking to one another. Okay, and I, I guess you just answered my question because I was going to ask, well, how, how does that happen? Aside from, you know, forums like this, how does that happen? What, what do I need to do as a citizen? I'm a voting citizen. Um, Soy is mm-hmm. a voting citizen. You're a voting citizen. As citizens of, of Atlanta, of the United States, of Georgia, where do, where's my place in that? Because I don't think that all cops are bad. As a matter of fact, shout out to DeKalb Police. Yesterday, um, we had a situation in, in, in my own house, my own home, where something, the door was acting weird and it, seemed, it appeared to be locked from the inside. So the first thought was somebody's in the house. Right? I left the house last. The cop came in. Um, my wife was here. I was, I was rushing from work to get here. He's like, your husband left last, and your husband is not in the house? And he's looking like, yo, he's in there with a chick, you know, but he didn't say it. But he was just like, yo, is that the situation? <laughs> and, I mean, right, yo, Commander, you or me, if I was a cop, I would totally take that. I would just be like, yo, your dude is in there. I mean, let's just wait it out and see who comes out. I'm right. like, nah, I got to see. So, um, he came in, uh, so the uh, they had to uh, ch- take off the lock. He came in, cleared the house, and uh, and and then you know stayed until the locks were changed and everything. And then I got here right as he was leaving, you know, from work. So I, I said that to say I don't think that they're bad. When something happens, yo, guess what? You can call the cops. So there's a purpose. Absolutely. But the the purpose of the cops is not like you said the first meeting that we had to oversee us but and I don't know if all of them know that and that's 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 soyanized right you know I don't know that if everybody is under the impression that hey listen we don't need to be oversaw anymore we we're not in that place and the culture has has changed a little bit so it some remnants of that are still there so the question now is where is our part 
and I'm going to try to get to this as quickly as possible, but where is our part in reforming the culture of us versus them as opposed to their, our vanguard, not the Gestapo? You see what I'm saying? Yes. So we all take stock into the responsibility of policing each other. You guys Mm -hmm. have to police us. We have to police you. And how do we do that? The way we do that is through engagement and, and establishing relationships with one another. Don't look at us as a bad guys. We don't look at you as a bad people who don't support or respect us. So we have to merge and bridge those gaps with relationships building. You know, the officers have to get out to the community more and speak face-to-face with you guys. That's why we have these, these community settings as for training seminars, because we're trying to reach mm-hmm. the community. They get that buy-in for the community that, oh, I, I respect my police officer. I know who my police officer is in my zone or in my neighborhood and so forth. So back in the days, most officers still had beats, and they, they knew each other. They knew each other by names. They knew the kids' names and stuff like that. So they wasn't experiencing what we're experiencing today. Now we have these patrol cars. You don't know who's who. You know who's driving in the car. We're just doing patrols, rounding around, around, around. Only encounter that we come with you face to face when you call us when something is wrong, and that's the situation right. where something is wrong. So we have to try to, you know, remedy that by just relationship building. Just like today at the five K run, it was a hosted by APD, and we reached out to the community where we run simultaneously with the people in the community. Had the, the helicopters out there, the patrol cars, the command posts with the kids, that's that community building. You know what I mean? So steps like that is what's going to allow us to get along with each other a lot better. And I agree with that. I I agree with that. That, That's something that's really strong, and I I like the way that looks. What about, um, luckily, I I live in the new city of South Fulton, so... um, Things, things are new. Uh, it's been a good experience for me because it allowed me to kind of get involved in politics from a level that I probably would not have had exposed to. You know, growing up in a city where things are already created and designed and the mayor is there and uh, officers are already there, where you feel like you really don't have a vote. You vote, but you really don't have a voice. So it's been a good experience for me to be in a new city where you're sitting in meetings that are happening for the first time and you really can see the effect of your participation. So I say that to say, what can people do with their local authorities or, or local um, politicians to have a direct effect on policing in, in their community? By being proactive. You guys have a lot more power than you can imagine. Um, you know, because you guys' voices are pretty much heard loud and clear when we get information from the community, such as emails or the community meetings, and you want to contest and challenge and support. And so your voice will be heard. And you may not see it overnight, but eventually it starts making some headway. But you guys have, we have to come together not just one person or two person, and the same old people is just a, a small turnout that's speaking out for the betterment of their neighborhood. It has to be a collective effort. The more, the merrier. And so that's get the attention of our local government official to try to make change. And so that's, and that's what they did back in the day, civil rights movement and everything else. 
they forced the change of what we have today. So we have to continue that and be the vanguards of our communities by coming together as one and then and be driven and determined to make sure we get the outcome that we want to see for the betterment of our neighborhoods. And we've got to change the mindset of law enforcement. I agree with you. And the, the way you change it is through cooperation and also building relationships, as I stated before, in our community. It, it's on both sides. Well, Commander Holliday, we, we have enjoyed having you hang out with us in the cafe, and we hope that the information we share can um, shed light or, or, or change the path of someone who encounter a police officer. Um, so share mm-hmm. the show uh, with others. Please share the Facebook Live post. Uh, we need more conversations like this. So if you have an opinion, do place it on the uh, Facebook site, and we will continue to communicate with it there off the air. Commander, you promise that you're going to participate in that online conversation as well. So do go back and check out our Facebook Live posts in the event that we need this, uh, your um, advice. But um, let's, um, before we leave, uh, I do want to recognize that this man has many talents. He's also, he's also authored a, a book, and he also does training. So before we leave, Commander, would you share the information with our audience so they can uh, tap into your book and also maybe share information um, regarding the training with their employers or among their friends uh, to secure themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the plug. And so I did um, author my first book that came out about two months ago. It's called Where's My Cape? Uh, of Halfway to Manhood. Uh, good information for men and women and good takeaways you can share with our younger youth, you know, as far as the segments on how to grow from boy to a man. And so with that, you can, once again, you can catch it on uh, uh, Amazon, Where's My Cape? And also, I'm a trainer with Trace and Crace, which is um, how to respond to active shooting events, right? We know that's across our nation. It's, it's, it's traumatizing. So that training is free. If you want me to come out to your community, your church, or whatever the case may be, as for groups, I can come out and give you that formal training based on how to survive in those particular events. And it's the, the strategies avoid, deny, and defend. Um, my information will be on Soy's Cafe. Reach out to me. Once again, it's free. Just call me. Reach out to me. I would love to come teach you that valuable training on how to keep yourself, your family, and the other people in your community safe from any type of encounters. All right. And, and again, for those who missed the first Police and Community Part 1, um, please visit the website to, get it, to hear that and to share that. spoke in detail about that training. We talked in detail about how to respond to a crisis or, or a shooting incident, which avoid denied defense was expound upon. So go back and check that out and share with other individuals as well. So good morning to everyone who has um, joined us on, on the show this morning. It's been awesome. Great content and great dialogue for this topic. So do share it with others. Um, don't forget to visit our website for more information. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live, hang out with us a little bit more. You can have a little more dialogue. At this time, we're going to say goodbye to those who are hanging out with us on Blog Talk Radio. It's been a great session. Thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I just love this show. Coffee Talk with Soy, that is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected, stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.